welcome in to the Lady Vol Basketball Fever Podcast, part of Vol Basketball Fever. We're a show dedicated exclusively to talking about the Lady Vols and news around the program. Tune in to hear thoughts and discussions from experts who cover the Lady Vols on a daily basis. Now, here's a new episode of the Lady Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to another episode of the Lady Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. I am Nathaniel Rutherford, joined by guest this time, Kelly Ann Stitz, who actually joined me for the first video podcast edition of Lady Vol Basketball Fever. So she's here for another video edition. Kelly Ann, thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, so if you don't remember, Kelly Ann works for WATE6, covers really all of Tennessee athletics, but she does a really good job, I think, of really shining a light on women's basketball for UT. So I wanted to uh, bring you back on here, Kelly Ann, to talk about the Lady Vols. And I wish we uh, wish we had better circumstances to talk about here. Uh, we're coming off a another loss, another not great, like, close loss either. It was another, another blowout loss on the road to UConn, Tennessee's, you know, most hated rival, the one of the biggest... Uh, rivalries in college basketball. I, I argued last week that it's the biggest one in college basketball, men's or women's, regardless. Um, it, it was it was close-ish in the in the first half, and I thought, you know, okay, this is doable. Lady Vols, or it's okay, it's a decent margin at second quarter and going into halftime. But you and I were talking before we hit record here on the podcast. The Lady Vols typically this year have been great in the third quarter and fourth quarter. Their last three losses, though, uh, they've really fallen apart in the third quarter. So y- your thoughts on just kind of the the UConn game, and then really those, the last three losses, it just seems like the Lady Vols suddenly went from a team that I, I trusted, no matter what the deficit was at halftime, or even the deficit after third quarter. We, we talked about this earlier on this year. I trusted them to come back. Now it's like, oh no, they, they've kind of gone back to the last few years where it, it, suddenly adversity hits them in the third quarter, and they just crumble, for back, lack of a better word. Yeah, I mean, UConn outscored Tennessee 23-11 in the third quarter. And as we were talking about before, they were really dominant in the third quarter and able to turn it around in the first half of the season. Now, as of late in those losses, they they struggled. And they mightily struggled on the road. Um, That's where three out of their four losses came this season. And as you mentioned, too, I mean, they were – this was the comeback team, right? They were able to Mm -hmm. pull it off in multiple games uh, as of late they struggled and it seems when they're struggling, they can't adjust or find an answer when they could have in the first half of the season. Um, Yeah. It, it was tough showing in UConn. You can't leave AZ FUD open. You can't do that. No. She made seven of nine threes. Um, so Kelly Harper said after that loss, there was a lot of defensive breakdowns. I mean, right out of the gate, uh, her left open and then she sank that three to open the scoring. Um, Kelly said that some of those defensive struggles or the, the breakdowns, I should say, was, you know, lack of focus. Um, so trying to find that again. And, uh, you know, we mentioned how they've struggled lately. I think also turnovers have been an issue. Turnovers have been an issue all season long, right? I mean, they're averaging in double figures in turnovers. But as of late, teams are capitalizing. Uh, UConn, luckily in UConn, they only scored 14 points off the turnovers, but in their past two losses to Florida and Auburn, Auburn scored 28 and Florida scored 26 points off of those turnovers. So combined over 50 points off of those turnovers. So, um, you know, they have to limit that too. But yeah, with UConn, I think there's too many defensive breakdowns, the same thing with Florida. And that's interesting too, because Earlier in the majority of their season, they were dominant on defense. Yeah, it's. I almost wonder. I, I talked a little bit 
in the podcast last week when I had Maria on uh, Maria Cornelius from 207 to preview the UConn game and talk about just what's been going on with Lady Vols too. Um, we were talking about how the Lady Vols, and I, I said this, like they had been lucky to win some of the games they've won because of, as you mentioned, turnovers have been an issue all year. Free throws have been an issue all year. In the UConn game, Lady Vols actually made their free throws. They're yeah, like, they what? had their best um, free throw percentage shooting. Yeah, they're season. like 19 or 21 or something like that. Like they, they did that well. But as you said, they had a lot of defensive lapses. They had more. They didn't have as many turnovers as they have had in other games, but they still had more than you'd like. Um, is it a matter of maybe Kellyanne? Is it just? Is it just maybe the the Lady Vols all the luck they had in those earlier games? Because it wasn't all luck. Obviously, they are a very skilled team. They're a good team. But they again, they got lucky in some of those games where they had a lot of turnovers and they didn't lose them. Is it a matter of maybe just the luck has caught up with them and finally now they're just like. And now that's like, okay, you've, you've reaped all these things. Now it's time to set or I guess opposite direction. I don't know. I, I get that, that line confused, but now, you know, now it's like, you've had all that good luck. Now you've cashed in on all that. So now the banks, the banks run out the, yeah, the water, the well's dry there. Possibly. I think they were just really good at making adjustments and then making up for those turnovers for giving up those possessions. I think they just made up for it on offense. And right now they're just not doing that. And, um, you and I were talking to about it before we started, um, they since Keen Green went down, I believe the Georgia game, which they ended up winning. Mm-hmm. Since then, they've lost three out of their last four games. So once Keen went down, things changed in this team. Yeah, and that was something I was going to bring up. I'm, I'm glad you did. Was you know you this team has has fought through adversity a lot this year. They, they had to play the whole first month of the season without Ray Burrell. They had to, obviously before the season began, Mario Suarez went down with an injury. Uh, you, you've had other times where you've fallen behind in the second quarter and you're facing a halftime deficit against a team you should be beating. And then they've, they've responded every single time. And again, they're, they're not perfect. So they're not going to be able to respond perfectly every single time. But what do you think makes it different for this one? Because it has been extremely different with Key and Green out there because they haven't just, it's not just that they've been losing on the road. It's that they've lost by double digits on the road. And Auburn, was the it was winless at the time and granted like they've gotten they've gotten close several times to beating an sec team and it just happened to be that it was tennessee they beat but it's it's not just like they're losing by a couple points to some really good teams they've lost by almost almost like 30 against florida they lost by double digits almost 20 against uconn i mean it seems like they have done such a good job this year of being able to bounce back and respond to adversity i don't know if it's if you've heard anything from any of the players from from coach harper or anything but what in your mind has made it different about this response to Key and Green's injury? Because it's it's clearly a different response than it had been in, in the first you know couple months of the season. Well, the response is they're not responding. <laughs> yeah. They're not expecting adversity. <laughs> I mean, even uh, Jordan Horston was out a couple of those a couple of games with illness earlier in the season, and mm-hmm. they they were still winning. And Jordan Horston is your most productive player at this point on this team. So they were able to overcome adversity this entire season, no matter what was faced. And they were able to find success. And again, I mean, with, as you mentioned, Ray Burrell going down your top returning leading scorer, and you still were fine and having these big wins. Um, I, I can't honestly wrap my head around what is happening with this team in terms of why is it now that they cannot overcome this new adversity they've done it all season long I think possibly with Kean 
specifically is her leadership. That's something that you've heard about her all season long from other players is that leadership. You've seen it from coaches too. coach Williams put out a tweet um, when the news hit that she was going to be can would be out for this season. Unfortunately, just that leadership you cannot replace. But to me, I also kind of find it hard that other players like Jordan Walker, like Ray Burrell, like Jordan Horston also aren't having that significant leadership role where they're able to rally the team. And that's something I do want to ask some of these players is, you know, when they're down and out or they seem like things aren't going their way, who are some of those, those players who are stepping up in a leadership role to help rally the team? Um, And I can also imagine uh, Kian can also do that from the bench Mm -hmm. um, and help rally the team. I know it's not the same of having her in the game because she is also a great glue player. Um, So I, I honestly, I I don't really have an answer as to why all of a sudden they had this turnaround, but even coach Harper mentioned that in the UConn press conference after the loss that since key and green, they have struggled mightily and they have to make some adjustments schematically and also find that confidence that they were playing with the first majority of the season. Cause right now they're not playing with any confidence. Yeah. I want to go back to, you mentioned coach Harper's post game for, for UConn. And when I had Maria on, Maria on last week and she talked about some of the post game press conferences, uh, specifically the Florida one, she said, you could, you could tell that Kelly was like angry, but she wasn't like, it wasn't like a seething anger. It was just kind of a, a frustrated, like tired frustration, anger. Just like, I can't, that happened. What was, what were the feeling you got from watching coach Harper after the UConn game? Cause that's obviously a game that she played in as a player under Pat summit and a game that she's now coached in, in three straight years and has, you know, didn't get a chance to win against them the last three years as a coach. I imagine I didn't, I obviously honestly didn't get a chance to watch um, the presser, but I didn't know if, you know, what your takeaways were from things that she had said after that game. She wasn't seething angry. And mm-hmm. it was almost like, I would agree with Maria almost after the Florida game in terms of it was just like frustration and not, not defeat because she's mm-hmm. an awesome head coach and, you know, she's not going to appear like that, but just like kind of frustration. I, I agree with Maria in terms of like tired. Um, she also gave a lot of credit to UConn. Of course, you can't shoot 28% from the field and compete and contend with the Huskies. You can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you can't have those defensive breakdowns against that team. So she, you know, gave credit to where credit was due in terms of their three point percentage shooting um, AZ FUD and holding accountability for the team in terms of having those defensive breakdowns, which you cannot have. Um, so yeah, I'd say just kind of tired and this team, they need to find answers and they need to find answers quick. She had a press conference this afternoon. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go on it, but I am covering the Mizzou game. So I won't going to watch it back, but I caught some highlights of it from my colleague on Twitter and um, my sports director, Tim Owens. And he said one of the tweets that he had about Kelly was that the team desperately needed a win for morale's sake. And I agree with that. And after the UConn game too, she also mentioned just finding that, that confidence again, the team needs to play with that confidence. Yeah, no, they, they definitely do. And I think, like you said, they desperately need a win right now. And it's not like they have a, it's like they have just an easy cupcake game to come up for this next game that, you know, that they can go do that. They're playing a Missouri team that knocked off number one, South Carolina earlier this year when they were shorthanded, uh, Missouri was, and I'm looking at the uh, women's basketball net rankings right now. Tennessee is coming in at number 18 right now, uh, which is actually second in the SEC. But Missouri's not that far behind. They're number 44, which is that's that's a quality opponent. That's a, that's not a, a, a easy opponent. And again, that, that's like just looking at the net, looking at who Missouri's played this year. Uh, they're coming off a loss to Ole Miss, but they beat Alabama before that. Uh, they beat Texas A&M before that. Beat Vanderbilt. They they played LSU really tough. They went to overtime with them. 
So yes, they desperately need a, a win. And this is at home, which is nice. Uh, it's going to be a Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. But I mean, Kellyanne, this is not, <laughs> it's not an easy road ahead. You have Missouri, you have Vanderbilt, which that you should, hopefully Tennessee beats Vanderbilt. Again, they did lose to, to Auburn, but they should be able to beat Vanderbilt in Knoxville. It's Missouri, Vandy, at Alabama, and then at South Carolina. So, I mean, it's not like it gets a whole lot easier. You have a chance to win a couple of those, I think, for sure. But, I mean, what is aside from just winning and, and getting the, the taste of losing out of your mouth, what do you think this team needs to do to get the confidence back? To I mean, because I, I, I don't I don't know that's even a lack of confidence. It just seems like some of the shots and stuff that were falling for them earlier this year weren't. Because I, I was watching that UConn game. Obviously, Horston was doing great. And I saw Ray Burrell trying because I saw a lot of people saying, oh, did, was Horston the only one that showed up in that game? I said, no, if you watch the game, you watch the game, Ray was actually like trying like really hard. She, she in the first half, first quarter, I remember saying that, okay, she only had one of those shots fall, but she's attempting three or four shots already in that first quarter and had a couple that just didn't go in. So, I mean, is it just a case of, I don't know, maybe they're just in a bad groove? Because I, I, I refuse to believe this team is as bad as they've shown over the last two weeks. I refuse to believe also that they're maybe as good as they were maybe showing us in early January. But I think this is a team that can still, you know, get to a Sweet 16, which as Maria pointed out last week, that'd be progress. It'd be the first time they've made it to a Sweet 16 in five years, which is crazy. They're six years, which is crazy to think about for Lady Vols. But like, that'd be a step in the right direction. I think this team's more than capable of doing that. It's just something's happened over the last couple of weeks and I, I just want to see them get back on a track to, they don't have to keep playing like a top five team, but play like a, a, a top 15 team. And I think that'll, that'll, I think erase some of the fears that fans are having and, and myself personally has been having about this team. Yeah. I wouldn't count this team out. Um, I definitely wouldn't do that yet. Uh, but one, you mentioned a tough road ahead. It's never an easy night in the SEC, right? I mean, this mm-hmm. is a very tough conference. Um, and everybody's going to keep giving Tennessee their best game, especially because of the resurgence this season of the team under Kelly Hopper's third year. Uh, they're going to keep giving their best game. They want to take down Tennessee. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they have to start. I think, one, you can't just have Jordan Horston carrying the team. Jordan Horston, her breakout season this year is just – she's been incredible to watch. She's a stat she's a stuffer. She's one of those players you can rely on. But you need more people contributing consistently. I think that was one thing that was different from the first half of the season to majority of the season is, like, you, you always saw a ton of – it was a really good team win. I feel like you had multiple players on different nights stepping up. Um, and I think you just need more of that. Uh, I, I don't think there's a lack of effort. I think they need to find a groove. And also I think they need to find a better – first majority half of the season and first half of the season, they had a really good front court, really good inside presence. I think they need to find that more again. Um, as of late, Tamari Key hasn't been getting as many touches as she had earlier this mm. season. I mean, in the UConn game, she had, I wrote it down here. Oh, she had, she was two, three from the field, four, four from free throw. She had eight points. And then against Florida, she was three, seven from the field and two for two from the charity stripe. She had eight points. Um, earlier this season, she was a big contributor on offense as well. So I think they, they needed to find her um, more inside and give her the ball. And that's something Kelly said about Tamari Key after the UConn game about getting her more touches and getting a bigger offensive production out of her um, was just that, you know, two things they have to find her more and she has to want the ball inside there. So uh, they have to, she said that they have to have that inside presence Um to produce to have a better offensive production and I agree with that I think that's something they also need to work on um as they move forward as well and I, I know having Kean Green down to 
hurts them in that area. But mm-hmm. I, I still think that Tamari Key can contribute a little bit more on offense. And when they were doing that earlier, they had success. Yeah, that's the, that's like the that's the the frustrating thing. It seems like you know maybe it's a, a case of teams taking it away from Tennessee too, because I mean the, obviously you you're not just playing in a vacuum. Teams are adjusting and learning on on the fly yeah, too. Yeah, fighting with her inside. Mm-hmm. But I mean, still just finding ways to get her possibly just better looks. Because um, when they have that production from her, I mean, they it, they took off. Mm-hmm. So just kind of reestablishing that inside presence, and then finding somebody else who can step up um, in Kian's place. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be tough because you said, like you like you said earlier, I mean, this team isn't isn't like they're they only had Kian and one other person that was like a, a veteran. They they have a, a pretty veteran squad for the most part. I mean, you have a lot of experienced players on that team. So it, it is, it is, it'll be interesting. Maybe I mean, those, those players may not have ever had to be like in a vocal leadership role like Kian has been. So maybe it's just a matter of, okay, we're in a weird adjustment period right now where I'm learning how to be a leader, you know, because this other leader is down. So I'm, I'm having to, you know, learn here in the middle of, of a really tough stretch of games for this, for my team, how to, you know, take on this new responsibility because these, these people are, they're, they're people, they're human. They're not just robots. They're not just video game players. You know, they're not just, you have all these stats and stuff. So, okay, I'm going to insert this person here because they do better at this and they will always do better at this. Like they're human beings who are affected by emotions, are affected by travel, are affected by, I mean, any number of things. So uh, yeah, I, I just think it's, it's interesting. I, I, I kind of, I wanted to ask this question. I meant to ask this to Maria last week too, but I, I, maybe you might know Kellyanne too. Uh, talking about some of that that post step you now with with Kean Green out, I, I, I'm curious to see. You know, we've seen Emily Saunders kind of get some minutes and stuff here and there, but I've been curious. What a, a friend of mine I've been talking a little bit about. What about Caroline Stripling? She hasn't really played. It seems like especially since Tennessee's entered uh, into SEC play. Was there an injury or something? Is it, is it just a matter that she's a freshman? She's you know because being a freshman post player is tough. I mean, it just really is. Uh, you, you have to learn a lot in men's or women's basketball. Either one. It's 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 I think tougher to come in and play immediately as a freshman post. Is it just a matter that she's a freshman and, and Tennessee's gotten has more experienced players ahead of her, or is it just a matter of maybe she's not ready yet? I, I don't know if you have an answer to that question or not. I, yeah, I mean, I, it hasn't been addressed directly um, from the press conferences that I've been on. I think that's a great question and something, you know, I'd love to ask moving forward. I think my, probably just freshmen. Um, you see just that experience and still learning. Um, you, I think it's easy to forget that Sarah Puckett is a freshman because of the way she plays. Yeah, uh-huh. um, And, you know, that's just a rare case in terms of just in talent, um, innate decision-making, good decision-making. Uh, so her adjustment from high school to college is almost, and she's, ma- she's made some freshman mistakes. You're always going to have that, but has been more seamless. And I think with Caroline, uh, she's still learning. So I, I, I think that would be my answer for that one. And that makes sense. And, and I'm glad you also brought up Sarah Puckett because I was about to bring her up too, because she has been, like you said, it's, it's kind of easy to forget that she is a freshman the way she's been playing the last couple of weeks. Cause she, she's been obviously Horston too, but she, he, she and Horston have kind of been the, the two bright spots in the really rough past couple of weeks for the lady Vols. Cause I mean, I look at her, her minute production ever since kind of mid January and she's been playing a lot more. She played 21, 21 minutes against Vanderbilt, 17 against Kentucky, 23 at Georgia, 14 at Auburn, 34 against Arkansas, 24 at Florida again. Um, and then or against Florida, excuse me. And then at 26 against UConn. I mean, it's not just like she's playing minutes and not doing anything. She's getting up four or five, six, seven shots in a game most of the time. And she, she's been very productive and I've, I've been very impressed by her. I, I think I tweeted out during the UConn game, 
one of the few positive tweets I had <laughs> was that I, I really like how she plays. She's not just a, a one-dimensional player. She gives a lot of effort. And I think that's, she's someone that I think it, it will be a, a good piece to build around for this future of the Lady Ball program, because I think she, she embodies a lot of what the Lady Ball spirit's about, that she will contribute on offense, but she gives a lot of effort and dives for the ball. I mean, there's a couple of times she dove for that ball and saved it from going out of bounds on a rebound or on, on a, on a tip, whatever. I mean, she, she was out there flying around for the UConn game. I didn't have to question her effort. That was, that was for sure. She's a team player. You can't question her effort. She, she ball is life for her from whatever mm-hmm. that we've heard. She's a gym rat. She's constantly in the gym working. It's showing now translating onto the court. She plays for her team. She loves her team. Um, so she, she's been really fun to watch and moving forward. I just think, you just need, you know, more. She's doing a lot. And again, she is a freshman, but more from Sarah, uh, you know, keep consistently getting Ray Burrell in and um, getting more, you know, as she increased and getting more consistency from her. And she has been, she's been back to the old Ray Burrell, but I still think we can see more out of her um, from what we've seen last year and uh, more from Smarky and honestly also Alexis Dye, you know, going back to mm. that front court presence against UConn, she only had one point and one rebound Yep, and, and she's capable of producing and doing way more. So um, she, she's a shooter uh, and we, we need more production from Alexis. Now we, but the team needs more production from Alexis Dye moving forward. Yeah, you're I right. Think- Go ahead. Oh, I would say too, you know, I was just dawned on me also when you mentioned about, you know, fans, do they get nervous yet? Um, I think after Mizzou is going to be telling uh, yes. if this team can really turn it around. Because again, you know, Kelly said publicly, they have not been able to find an answer since Key and Green went down and um, they're going to have to find an answer quick so we can see if they've made that adjustment against Mizzou. And I think that'll be telling for how they move, how they, you know, how their future, their trajectory can be. Yeah, I, I think that's a very good point because obviously it's obviously one thing to lose to. I mean, UConn's a top 10 team and and, and, and Florida's, Florida's a good team. Florida is a team that is coming on strong right now. <laughs> they're having like one of their better seasons. They, I don't know if they're right. I can't remember if they're ranked at this point, but they should be. They will be. I'm, I'm certain they will be. They are a better team than what they're being like shown as. They're a good team. So I mean, I don't think they could have lost. I think Tennessee had the capability to keep it closer than how they lost, but yeah. So as you mentioned, yeah, it's not like it's UConn, it's Florida. I think Auburn was a little bit concerning, but um, I think it'll be really telling just to how they bounce. They can finally bounce back. And they're, they're better on home court. They mm-hmm. struggle on the road this season. Uh, they struggle to have poise on the road. They're better at home, so they're back home for the next two games and seeing if they can find that groove and get that win to, to re-energize morale on this team and re-energize that confidence. Yeah, and, and we were just talking about the defense for this team and how they've had a lot of defensive breakdowns and lapses. And I, I do think that has been a, a, one of the things you can tell with Keon Green being out there because, you know, she's very smart on the defensive end. And, and a lot of the break, breakdowns have been from switching and stuff from post to out to the perimeter and everything. I think that was an area where Keon did help. And they're going to be tested this game because Missouri's a, a really good offensive team. I, I'm looking at their, their roster and stuff right now. You have Asia Blackwell and... Uh, Haley Frank, who are both averaging over 15 points a game, and then you have uh, Lauren Hansen, who's averaging almost 12. I mean, it, this is this is a team that can that can put up points, so they can have three or four different girls who can can shoot on you and, and make a lot of buckets. And Frank and Hansen are also really good at shooting from the perimeter. Yep. They um, are both shooting in the 40 percent range from three. So again, you kind of had that defensive breakdown outside 
against UConn. We'll see how if Tennessee can adjust because you've got Frank and Hanson who can also light it up from, from distance too. Well, Kelly, and it's not going to be it's not going to be easy for for Tennessee. Um, but I, I am curious. I mean, it, it's not a. I, I think the last couple of weeks obviously has have changed a little bit how I feel about this team. I, I I was trying not to get my hopes up about like postseason play, and I was saying, okay, be realistic, be realistic. And these last couple of weeks, I think has been good to humble me and say, hey, all right, I was starting to kind of believe the hype a little bit more. I, I think it's good keep realistic expectations they were consistent that's true i mean that's very true they were they the one loss they'd had was to a quality opponent and it was when they didn't have ray burrell so i mean you to stanford and then when they were down they always pulled it off they Mm -hmm. had multiple i I believe in the double figures of comeback wins it was hard not to believe in this yeah no it was easy to buy in the hype and again like that, that was my point is like i have more realistic expectations but it's not like i suddenly went from oh i think they make the final four to oh they're gonna lose in the first weekend which i have seen people post on not, not Twitter, but just in social media in general saying, oh, I'm afraid this team's going to be another first weekend bounce out. And I was like, I mean, they could, but that it's going to depend on who they get matched up with. First of all, if they can keep a top three seed, I think they get, and I think they still get to host in Knoxville, which would be huge. If they get the host in Knoxville, I think they're going to make it to the sweet 16. I'd be shocked if they didn't. Yeah. yeah. But I, I just, I think my, my hopes for this team went from, they can maybe win the SEC. I think it's still South Carolina's to lose at this point, but I think still finishing second. If they can finish second in the SEC, that'd be something this team hasn't done in a long time. If they can get in a, even to the the heck, if they can get to the semifinals of the SEC tournament, that'd be something they haven't done in a while. If they get to the finals, that'd be something they haven't done in a long time. There's just I think fans have forgotten. They they, they were so. I mean, I, I'm guilty of this too. We were so excited to go ahead and start saying Lady Vols are back. I mean, I'd said it too. Like they're back. Look at this. They're they have one loss. They're riding up to the top five. Like they're finally have moved on from all this stuff. When we forgot that this team hasn't even been to the Sweet Sixteen in five or six years. That this team's had so much turmoil and so much just like historic lows over the last three or four years that it's hard to just suddenly go from that to all of a sudden you're back. Like that's what makes to go to different sports. What makes the whole Alabama situation when Nick Saban took over so fascinating is that he went from Alabama being bad to going seven and six his first year to all of a sudden like jumping up just, just like that. It's very hard to do that. And I think people that I think, I think he and a few other, a few other things in sports have like warped people's sense of how quick a rebuild should happen. Because I think this team is rebuilt. I think the culture is rebuilt, but that doesn't mean that you're suddenly going to go to the final four. That means that, you're ready to take back to the steps of of getting back to relevancy to getting back to playing above average of where you're you know where you have been and then you can get to hopefully where you're supposed to be as a layoff program well i think it's also for fans it was easy to get excited because there were so many similarities between the 0708 team yeah right? uh-huh. so and this is just kelly harper's third season at the helm and um i believe to Part of that was, um, or her first or second was part of that COVID year. So yeah, her first year was the year that the COVID canceled the tournament. Yeah. Yep. So that, I mean, think about that, right? So, I mean, she's bringing the program. I do trust her. I think she's doing a great job of bringing the program back to what it should be from the heydays. Um, and I like, like we just mentioned before, um, I wouldn't lose hope. I wouldn't, think doomsday press the panic button on this team yet but i do think um the mizzou game will be telling of where this where their less the season can go for them 
possibly, you know, where they will end up in the postseason, how far they will go. But I wouldn't hit the panic just yet. But it is it was hard for fans, I believe, not to get excited about the team. Again, like I said, there's a lot of similarities from those 708 team. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see how they fare tomorrow. That's a good point. I mean, I, I saw the graphic. I helped retweet that graphic, <laughs> the, the comparing the 0708 team to like, you know, they're a certain record. They beat Kentucky by this much. They beaten, uh, they played Stanford and Texas and stuff. So yeah, no, I, and I, I'd helped push that narrative, I guess, too, as, as a fan. Uh, <laughs> but no, like you said, it, it was, it was very easy to buy in. And, and again, like I said, that doesn't mean that I'm not still bought in there that I'm, I'm saying that you shouldn't be bought in. It's just a matter of you readjust your expectations as things happen. You know, you, you, you have to, and I, and I, this team is more than capable of overcoming this adversity because they've overcome other adversities. It's just, they, they have to do it. And it's, it's, I also think it's different Kellyanne too, because at the beginning of the year, you lose Ray Burrell in the very first game. And that's the very first game of the season. You were playing tough teams. Don't get me wrong. Cause you ended up playing USF, UCF, and then you played um, a few big 12 teams. I think at that point too, you're playing tough teams, but it's different to lose a leader of your team, a, a multi-year uh, senior, I guess, at this point. Kind of like a, a you know Fulkerson, as, far, as long as, as Kean's been playing ba- basketball. It's hard to lose that in the middle of the SEC season, too, where you're playing teams. I think I said this last week, too, where you're playing teams that know you so well, that teams that have scouted you for years at this point because i mean kelly harper's been there for a few years a lot of your players on tennessee been there for for a few years you're not just playing a team that plays you once every three or four or five years if you're lucky you know just kind of have you on the schedule as a non-conference team you're playing teams that play you season in season out sometimes twice sometimes three times in the same season i i think it it's tougher to overcome adversity in those moments and that doesn't mean that this team doesn't regroup and, and put together a solid end of february going into march because there's still plenty of time. That's the thing too. It's like, I understand, I understand people are kind of freaking out a little bit, but I'm like, guys, I, I know it's February and I know we're getting close to March, but there's still time. There's still over a half a dozen games left in the regular season. There's still SEC tournament and there's still the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that, that, that's why I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to like slow everybody's roll on the, on the, on the panic button. Like, like you, like I, I understand I'm, I'm, I can speak myself like I'm a fan and I know how fans think and, and act but I think me being in sports media for years I was too like helped temper some of that and, and of course you Kellyanne <laughs> you in sports media like you, you've you've known like how like you have to kind of compartmentalize sometimes and I know not everyone's that way and that's fine but I, I just think that like to me this this team has great pieces they've already had to adjust to different roles when they lost Ray Burrell now they have Ray Burrell back in there and we saw Kelly try to put her back in the starting lineup. And I think it was also something I meant to bring up earlier with you. We saw Tessa Darby go back into the starting lineup and Ray come off the bench. I thought, okay, that's, I think that's a good move because I think Ray's been better as a, a spark off the bench, but against UConn. Yeah. I think it's UConn. We saw Tess. I mean, she had a, just call it is. She had a really rough night that game. I mean, she, she's been good. I think in, in a lot of different, in her roles this year, but she had a really rough shooting, really shooting night, excuse me, against UConn. I I'm interested to see kind of what that, starting lineup looks like moving forward do do you think coach harbor keeps in test do you think we they, they keep ray coming off the bench because i think i think personally that ray burrell has had a better time coming off the bench but do we see if, if there's a, a case of it's less about ray being better off the bench and more that all of a sudden Tess's confidence is, I, I don't know maybe just a one game thing because Tess has been so good that it's hard to keep up that sort of play for so long but i'm interested in your thoughts on the starting lineup and i know it doesn't matter who starts and all this different stuff but 
it kind of, I think it is interesting to see that spark plug off the bench if, if Ray stays in that role. I agree. And, you know, when Tess was out with an illness, they had to adjust, and that's what threw mm-hmm. Ray in to the starting lineup, I think, earlier than Kelly had anticipated from what we were hearing from her and her plans moving forward. Um, I believe I was just looking up, and it, I think it, Tess has been shooting 45% from three-point range in SEC play, or around 40% in that range, yeah. I believe. Um, statistically, and like you said, she's she's had an off night against UConn. Um, I don't know what Kelly. I think that it could just be, you know, of course, game to game situational of who she ends up in the starting lineup between Ray and Tess. Um, I think she was using consistently Ray in there moving forward, so I wouldn't be surprised if Ray remains in the starting five. Um, but I agree with you is and what Coach Harper said earlier in the season as well. I liked Ray coming off the bench. I really, I really did like the spark. She provided a huge spark off the bench um, when she was in that role. So I, I think, you know, it would be nice to see that again, but I would also be surprised if Ray remains in the starting five. Well, there's a lot to keep an eye on. <laughs> there's, there, there is not going to be a, a, yeah, there's not, it's not going to be a dull next uh, last month or so of the regular season for, these teams for this team or the men's team either, but we're, we're talking specifically with Lady Vols. It's not going to be a dull uh, next month or so. But Kellyanne, before, before we get you out of here, are there any any kind of closing thoughts, any kind of closing remarks, or, or anything you want to leave the listeners with about or viewers or whatever you know we're watching a YouTube or, or listening uh, about this team or about the season or anything? Um, I just think that. Don't lose hope yet. Don't don't freak out yet. I mean, it's so funny to see that. Tennessee men's basketball, I think the narrative's totally flip-flopped. Yeah, it's um, weird. Yeah, yeah. You were hearing more of, I'm not really sure if I could trust this team because Tennessee basketball is so inconsistent and the Lady Balls were just a sky, the expectations. And I still do think it is with this team, but they were just so consistently good and reliable. And even when they were down, you couldn't count them out. And now it's just the narratives have totally switched. Um, so I, I just think, again, We'll see if Tennessee and they have all of the pieces. They have all of the pieces to pull it off. They, I think they still have all of the pieces to be a Final Four team. It's just seeing if they can adjust now from their newest adversity because they've been dealing with this all season long. Um, and see if they can get that spark going again uh, tomorrow against Mizzou and then Vandy. Yep, it, it's it's time for a win, hopefully for the Lady Vols. Because I, I agree with you. I agree with what Coach Harper said. I think just getting a win would be would be very nice and be really very helpful good. for this team very good for their morale and i think mm-hmm. just confidence moving mm-hmm. forward like hey we we again can prove and have or can show that we can overcome any adversity we've been doing it all season long so we'll see if they can pull that off against mizzou well kellyanne it's been wonderful having you back on here on the podcast uh i'll let you kind of plug here in a second yeah but let you plug here in a second where, where you you know where people can find your stuff because i know you've also I've, I've seen a few things you've been sharing on social you've had some really good interviews and stuff not just i mean just with sports in general so i know other people listening to this care about other sports besides lady Vols. so obviously plug your work and plug where people can find you and watch you um you can find me on twitter at kellyanne stitz and um on facebook kellyanne stitz wat i believe it is um, or just online at wat.com. Majority of my all my work's going to be on there. Um, Twitter, I have the fastest updates. But yeah, I, I cover everything Tennessee. So if you'd like updates on what the happenings around Tennessee and um, even in the high school level, feel free to follow along and check out the content. Hopefully, you guys like it because I that's what I do is try to produce content that fans would enjoy. 
Yeah, been a lot of uh, high school stuff here in in the area in East Tennessee lately. So, so many off changes for the high school football scene right now in the off season. So yeah, so definitely go follow Kellyanne on on Twitter um, because again, she has a lot of good updates. And like I said, not not just Lady Vols, not just men's basketball, but a lot of different stuff for football, for high school, for baseball. For I mean, you name it, Kellyanne's I think tweet about it. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> and keeps you up to date on on everything for Tennessee athletics on WATE. Well, Kellyanne, thank you again so much for coming on the podcast. And if you're y'all are new here watching slash listening to this thank you all so much really appreciate it give this video a like share it with your friends lady ball fans basketball fans in general uh, wherever they may be subscribe to our channel while you're here and go subscribe to the podcast we're on apple Podcasts, spotify google you name it we're there we're on twitter and facebook at vol hoops fever and vol basketball fever on facebook signing off for kellyanne i'm nathaniel and this has been another episode of the lady vol basketball fever podcast <laughs> <laughs>